let's go back to 48.48 and talk about this Namjoon. And if you obviously this is an audio recording, but I know in your head and your heart you know what Namjoon I'm talking about. This black fucking suit, the pink hair, him leaning over, us seeing his chest, and him pointing at me. I would love for him to leave me the fuck alone. Let me live my life and try to be happy with somebody else doing somebody doing somebody else. Yeah, that's what I would like. That's what fucking please. Smooth like butter, like criminal undercover. Don't pop like trouble breaking into your heart like that. Cool shakes on the air. Oh, it all to my mother. Hot like summer. Yeah, I'm making you sweat like that. When I walk with you. Okay, so an announcement that I want to make at the top of the podcast so that you know, because I know sometimes I want to know these things that I can like, if you want to space this out or whatever, is that I'm taking a mini hiatus. It's going to be the maximum two weeks. I am going to Korea June 9th, and between now and then I have a lot of stuff to do, uh, a lot of stuff to prepare for work, my life, and all this stuff, and so I need to like and then also, overall, the butter comeback has like really zapped me, and I just need some time to recoup, to refocus, to think about the podcast and the things that I want to do with it moving forward, guests and all that. I'm taking the maximum of two weeks of a break. I promise I'll be back after two weeks because I will be in quarantine, so I have plenty of time to record because I'll just be sitting by myself for two weeks unless I'm not in quarantine, which would be excellent. And we'll talk about muster and all this other stuff that's going to be coming up, and I'm super excited for it. But yeah, so there will be no podcast next Monday. There might be a podcast after that. I'm not sure. We will see how things go, but there will definitely not be a podcast next Monday. I will try to make TikToks here and there, maybe talk about some stuff about my trip. I think on Patreon, I'm going to like upload like little like diary type things. I'm not sure, but just wanted to let you know. And I go, of course, I said I will be back. Just need some take a little bit of time. Okay, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Grown Ass Fandom Butter Edition. This is an all butter episode. <laughs> and yeah, like I don't even know where to begin. It's finally here. This is my first comeback as I guess I should call myself a creator, <laughs> an outed K pop fan. I'm not sure what I would call myself, but this is my first one. And, and I don't know if it was more intense because I feel like the nature of being tick being on TikTok makes it all more intense or if it's just more intense than dynamite because dynamite was my first comeback i started getting into my first sort of like bts event was bang bang con last june the concert and so i guess oh my god it's about to be a year and so dynamite did not feel this intense like it, it's just been like crazy like I've never and again it's like is it because of like I have the TikTok and the Discord and everything else or is it just more so I guess we'll talk about all that but first I wanted to say uh, thank you for being here and make sure you subscribe if you haven't if you like more podcasts like this where we can dive deep into stuff 
And if you want a group of friends that you can talk to about this stuff, you should join the Discord. At the $5 level, you get access to the Discord on the Patreon, patreon.com slash grownassfandom. We just started butter was our debut and it like every time I go in there I want to cry because like the connections that are being made the things that are being said it's just like everything that I wanted when I first became a k-pop fan in one space so even if you're like not super into the podcast but hopefully you are (laughs) um but if you want a group of adult k-pop stands that you can connect with that's a great way to do it. And you also get a bonus podcast every month. So wanted to plug the Patreon real quick. And again, it's like not even about me anymore. It's just about this like cool discord that you get to be a part of, which is awesome. Sister wives get together. We kiki. It's all good. So yeah. Okay. So I guess the first thing I thought I would do is just go through my emotional journey through this comeback. Like I said, I've not been secretive about <laughs> the trials and tribulations of Shanae as a K-pop fan. And Butter was intense. Butter was fucking intense. I think from like a content creating standpoint, I think anybody who's a creator can agree with me. It's like a very intense time. Everybody's creating videos. Everybody's creating content and all that stuff. And like I said before, I had been really stressed about TikTok and I tried to really relax and just let the videos do how they were going to do, just get on, say my feelings. But it still was a lot. It was like really, really overwhelming. And like the first thing that... I just need to get through this podcast and get through the big parts of it is figuring out a way to create some boundaries around it where, but I just might think that it might be comeback season. It's just like this. So I'm excited to have things settle in a little bit. I'm so grateful to this community. Like I'm so grateful to the people who follow my TikToks, this podcast, my discord, everything. It's just like so amazing. And it's just, I just was overwhelmed. I was like fucking overwhelmed. I was fucking overwhelmed. On the day of, of the, like when the when the when butter came out, we had like a live watch party in the Discord where we all freaked out. It was so funny because everybody was going a mile a minute, and I was just like silent because butter shocked me so much, and I had like such an extreme, intense emotional reaction to it. And part of it was just like excitement and just like, oh my God, this is this thing that's happening. And part of it was just anxiousness. And thank you guys to everybody who reached out to me from last weekend who was like, you're not alone. And it's just intense. Like it's intense to be an adult person in their 30s and you have such an intense reaction to something like this, you know? And so I had that moment. So I had moments of just being excited really intense, overwhelmed by the whole thing. And then, holy shit, what the fuck is happening to me? And like, what is happening to us all? What is this that I'm a part of? And so much of my experience of the world and like what this podcast even is, is me trying to untangle things. And my therapist says that I don't always have to untangle things. And one of the things that I'm always trying to learn how to do is just just let things sit. Like, just be like, yes. I'm very excited about this. I'm having a really emotional reaction to this. It's just an exciting, interesting, fun time to sit with it versus like trying to dissect it, but I can't help it. But that was like some of the process of it. Like it was just so surprising and it was just so interesting and it just was like a culmination of everything. So I feel like that was my experience with butter where I was just like, I was up till one, just like buzzing, just like reading the stuff just couldn't sleep, texting people, talking to people on the phone. It was like a wild time. 
it was it was what a time to be alive and it was like fun and it was exciting and it's cool that we can still have stuff like that it reminds me of the old days when you know everyone would gather for like tv finales and stuff like that like i uh, used to watch game of thrones and i watched westworld and so like the event and then also like watchmen and so like i love events I love when everybody sort of like gets wrapped up in a thing. And it's just crazy that we're all kind of being wrapped up in these seven men in South Korea. So that was like the craziness. And then also, like I said, like, I think it also felt kind of tense because uh, my trip is coming up really soon. And I feel like I've been too distracted to like fully prepare for it. But I'm trying to keep in mind that I have a two week quarantine, even though I'm trying to manifest it away because there's going to be a muster and I don't know. And I think there's going to try to have an in-person component. So you never know. So I'm going to try to manifest no quarantine (laughs) so I can get out and maybe apply for it or something like that. But yes, I'm going to South Korea and I'm also getting a tattoo next weekend. So time is like squished. You don't care about any of this (laughs) This is why I should leave this in my my bonus podcast. But yeah, it's been like really intense and overwhelming. And so this podcast is obviously going to be pretty long. And it's so funny how it can be so long over literally that the song is so short. It's not even three minutes long. The song is not even three minutes long. (laughs) But this podcast is going to be a monster. So settle in for butter and there's there's gonna be a couple sections we're gonna talk about i'm gonna go through the video scene by scene and just talk through it go over some like overall positioning things talk about some of the press stuff and everything like that and at this like i'm recording this on uh saturday and so i don't know Hopefully, I will get to add Billboard. If not, I think the performances will be in the bonus podcast on the Patreon. All right. So I guess we're ready. Let's get started. So let's do like an overall big picture view. What are my thoughts about the song? What do I think about the rollout? Everything like that. So my overall thoughts is that I love the song. I love the song. I was so surprised by it. Because I because the previews, I guess the last preview gave us a little bit of a, a clue about like what the vibe was going to be. But I fully didn't feel like I understood the vibe really and like what the song was going to sound like because there were so many like competing messages. So like there was like the Marie Antoinette style stuff. There was the 90s rave stuff. There was the 80s stuff. So there's a lot of like visual references. When in reality, and so like, and then so the idea, so the video itself seemed like it was going to be like dark and moody in a way, but it was the opposite. Like not only was it bright, but it was like really saturated either in the color direction or the black and white direction. So it was like really bright and not really, and if you were to pull, like, a a decade or an era for it, I guess it would kind of be 70s, like, bright 70s aesthetic, the different sets. But then there's also, like, an old Hollywood feel to it because of the sets. So there's a lot of different references. And I know that people um, have talked about this before, but there's not really, like, if you see, like, the kind of gritty elevator vibe of the videos versus 
I mean, the underground sort of gritty of the pictures versus the video, it doesn't really track. It doesn't really map. It feels like it's, so I feel like that was like a redirect as far as like what to expect. But I think it's different. I don't know much about like the preview all the like videos and stuff like that I don't know because they didn't do that for dynamite the only thing that I had the dynamite was like individual photos a group photo and then dynamite right but for here they had two sets of pictures they had the group picture they have the little preview videos and like none of that stuff ended up in it like the candy the balloons all those little like the the preview photo that had all the elements where I was like, this is about drugs. None of that ended up in the video at all. Like it's not in the video at all. I guess like at one point JK was eating popcorn and then there's of course the bread. But as far as like some of the other stuff and like the kind of party gritty vibe that we were most meant to get, it's not there. Mostly it just feels like the successor of Dynamite. I think that one of the questions that everybody has is like that had for me specifically is like, do I think that this is a better song than Dynamite? And I think that's like pretty obvious <laughs> that it's a better song than Dynamite, just in the way it's produ- in the way it's produced, like how it's constructed, the production on it, the lyrics on it. I think it's definitely a step forward from Dynamite. I think that it's like more listenable in my opinion like I've been listening to butter nonstop, and I like haven't gotten tired of it I feel like there's always something different to hear in it which I think is like a very true to BTS characteristic of their songs is that when you listen to them you're just listening for a lot of different things and I feel like butter represents that it is short and but I just think that it's like a fun summer song and yeah it was again it was not what I expected but I really really like it and but also like I think that one of the things that I try to do is to go into everything without any expectations like of course I wanted you know something of course as a ratchet army we always something want something more hip-hop but this is the next best thing I think for me at least just something I can shake my ass to I have shake my ass so much to Suga's verse the Suga RM transition like I can't get enough of it I truly cannot get enough of it it's just like sends me to the moon every single time it's my favorite thing in the world you know my favorite thing in the world so I really like the song as far as like what the song is about I think there's a lot of theories about it but let's okay so first of all when you look at the when you look at like interviews that they've done about it, they've said that it's mostly not about anything specific and that it's just like an addictive, fun summer song and that there's no profound meaning meaning to it. And the goal for Butter was to just be easy to listen to. And so that's like what they uh, are saying. But like, let's look at what Genius has to say because Genius always has some insight. So it says, Butter is a dance pop song with lyrics confessions of sweet romantic love. The fun and witty lyrics brimming with positive and bright energy will instantly lift moods. Let's see. Here's a description. Okay. The song is dubbed as a summer anthem credited to by its distinct bass line and crisp synth sounds ready to melt the listener's heart. It becomes their second English song following Dynamite and will receive a more widespread promotion on radio stations. The track is produced by Ron Perry, the chairman and CEO of Columbia Records. One of the very few times he is recruited, he is accredited as a producer on a song. Very interesting. Okay. 
So here's some genius answers. Uh, this one apparently is from Jimin at the BATS Global Press Conference. If you have the title Butter, you'll know ex- immediately what we tried to prepare this song that's easy to listen to instead of having a heavy or profound message. It's a little bit embarrassing, but the song that's Smooth Like Butter, a song that sort of melts to you and grabs a hold of you. It's a very cute song. Confession. I think you can think of it that way. Like Butter, it's cute, but a bit charismatic. We tried to put all these feelings into one song. And then here is what Namjoon said about the song. This is on Genius. When we first encountered the song, Butter was selected among many, many songs. It was already from a guide, very complete. We wanted to participate, but it was already very good. For some parts, the rap parts, it wasn't fully comparable with our style. So I think that that's what inspired us to participate. RM worked on, it's so funny, I never use RM worked on half of the rap sections from what was originally there. I didn't participate just because I speak English. I was lucky to be able to participate in making the song. So that's what he said. Let's see. Okay. So I think that that's like a good explanation. I know that a lot of people are trying to get a lot of meaning out of butter but I really think that it's just meant to be like a kind of a fun song about because like okay let's I mean do we talk about do I talk about this yet let's okay now let's talk about the lyrics and then I want to talk about something else like the song is really just meant to like I said be a summer song and I think that what they want to do from a strategy perspective is position themselves as like summer song people like if we okay so if we look at this big picture okay let's go ahead and have this strategy conversation what is the stutter the sort of strategy around butter is that I think they still want the Grammy like I think that that's the only reason why they're doing this song again you know it's so funny because like one of the things that you guys have giving me feedback as one of the one of the things that you really like that I've said is the thing about the opening boxes and if you've never listened to my podcast before I was talking about how when you're around BTS's age actually <laughs> you get in this habit especially when you become really successful or you get what you thought you wanted you get into this habit of opening boxes and every time you go into the box thinking oh this is it this is what we're going to be this is what is going to make this all feel whatever and so I think that they have held up Grammy as that box because they've opened all the other boxes and so they're really just trying to do whatever they can to get that Grammy because they think that that's going to be the box that's going to lead to something or make them feel something very specific which of course I know the answer to that it's not I feel like most likely what's going to happen is that if they get the Grammy it's going to make them feel really upset after (laughs) like there's going to be this drop of energy after because I've totally experienced that with achievements in my own life there's like this empty that happens it's 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 it always happens whenever your happiness is based off of something that you cannot control anytime you have you have kind of given something or an idea or a system a lot of control over how you perceive yourself and I hope that's not the case. One of the things that it's been really interesting to watch Namjoon navigate this, you know, new cycle around Butter is that he is very sassy. Like, I think he, it's clear to me, at least in the Shanaeverse, I mean, I, I, 
I have some ideas about this being like the long tail of Heartbroken Host Age, but I'm not going to get into that. But I think it's also, I mean, but yeah, if you do the Heartbroken Host Age as it applies to the Grammy push, the amount of resources they put into trying to get that Grammy last year and get that Grammy nomination was huge. And I think what he realized, which is what I realized, like I never thought that they were going to win that Grammy. And what he's realizing is that like, first of all, so, so I feel like he's partially realizing that, yes, they want the Grammy and they're going to do what they want to get it, but they're not going to play the game as much as they did before. So I feel like there is more of this energy of like, we've earned our place here. We've earned the respect and we're not going to pander to the way that people ask them questions typically. You know what I mean? And so I think that... Butter being soft and easy and simple is to, like I said, make them like if they can establish themselves as summer hit makers, they're going to be really hard to ignore. And I have spoken about this in did I take did I talk about this in my podcast last week? Just that like BTS is not like it's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Like literally, I talk to my sister. I talk to my sister every other day, right? And you know she's always calling me, and I was like oh yeah, there's a comeback for a BTS. And she's like, what's a BTS? Like, it's it's so weird how BTS can be so big, but also be so in such a corner niche market that their dominance can be ignored almost because of, of course, misogyny and all that, that yummy stuff and racism and stuff like that. But, you know, so I think that by, so I think the big hit strategy is that if they, every summer have a song that's their summer song even if you look on the spotify description it says this is our summer song this year like i think that that's a strategy that they're using in order to make bts a part of the landscape of pop culture and music versus now which i feel like they're kind of in a pocket universe within music overall so i think that like strategically butter is more about that i personally like listening to the lyrics can see you know like in my application of it kind of gave me a Pied Piper vibe where it's about like being an addictive somebody somebody's like addicted to you you know what I mean like they will kind of can draw you in and make you want them and all that good stuff like a it's like Pied Piper with like a like a bunch of sex in it in my opinion, like that's my interpretation of it. And I know that there's like a lot of arguments about what's the song about. And I experienced this with Don't. When I was talking about RM song Don't, everybody was like, it's not about love. It's about this. It could be about friends. And that's how it's supposed to work. Like music is supposed to be up for interpretation. So yeah, I mean, my interpretation is that it's very much a song about BTS and ARMY and the hold that they have on them while also being about like, an actual relationship in which somebody has their heart and has a lot of control over their emotions. And it's like this sort of hold they have on them that feels uncontrollable. That's, you know, what I think. That's how I interpret the lyrics are. But let's kind of go through them really quick. Smooth like butter, like a criminal, all that color. Gonna pop like trouble, break it into your heart like that. Like, so again, it's like somebody you're existing in your life doing your things and here comes the person who shakes up your life and for a lot of people bts is that right bts is that thing that shakes them up 
washed, cool shades of the yacht, always on to my mother, hot like summer, yeah, I'm making you sweat like that. So again, it's like, you think that I'm hot? That's cool. That's because my mom is hot. <laughs> my mom, this is where I get it from. I get it from my mom. I get it from my mom. I mean, I do want a twerk song, but I don't think BTS is going to give me one. Oh, and look in the mirror. I'm out your heart and tattoo. I got that superstar glow, yeah. Okay, so also, it's about, like I said, like somebody just being so attractive and that it just melts your heart and you just go crazy. And again, that's how a lot of people feel about Namjoon or <laughs> any of the members. And also, oh my gosh, did we talk about the, uh, have you seen the TikToks yet of them? And so the theme, so I feel like we can also get something from the theme from the TikToks where like one of the TikToks is V is like trying to get something in his mouth by like throwing it up in the air. And he tries a bunch of times. And then Jin, of course, King Jin. We will talk about Jin. King Jin, he will, he like threw it up and it caught in his mouth at the first time. And then the song drops. And so the idea is, I guess, like you're smooth like butter. Oh, like the things that people do that are hard, you make it easy. Or it's like you are a savage in some way and people are just in awe of your swag. Because there's another one where Jimin is working on dominoes and Namjoon comes and knocks him down and then he looks into the camera and is like smooth like butter so he's like smooth I guess so I guess that's kind of what it is and it's like step step right left to my beat high like the moon rock with me baby now know that I got that heat let me show you the Kostaka sheep I mean obviously this lyric is being interpreted in a lot of different ways so this line I think what genius is saying is that it's could be a uh, reference to Michael Jackson's I Want to Rock With You All Night. We're going to rock with you all night. And then another line in that Michael Jackson song is, you got to feel that heat and we can ride the boogie, share the beat of love. So I think that it's a reference to that. And this one, like I said, can be interpreted pretty sexually. But it could also, like I said, be Pied Piper. Like, highlight like the moon, step right, step left to my beat. Like, I'm telling you where you're supposed to go. I like the moon, rock with me, baby. Know that I got that heat. Let me show you Kostaka Sheep. And again, like, it could also be about sex. <laughs> and the smooth like butter, put you in like no other. Anyways, <laughs> I'll just let you sit with that. Don't need no Usher to remind you got it bad. Of course, it's an Usher reference. Ain't no other can sweep you up like a robber. Straight up, I gotcha. Making you fall like that. Again, it's, this person is really fucking on you like you're trying to live your life you're at the fucking grocery store and then this motherfucker comes and is like hey go lick the floor and you're like i don't want to then you look at them and because they've got that heat (laughs) and they've got that glow you do it you lick the floor (laughs) sweep me up like a robber just making you fall like that like literally just like it's embarrassing quite frankly you know what I mean like you're just out here trying to live your life and you're being embarrassed by the fact that he's just got your control and you're this person is under your spell you know what I mean and then you break it down and then the chorus and then all that and then of course the legendary literally Suga's verse will play in my dreams forever. Ice on my wrist, I'm a nice guy. Got the right body and the right mind. Rolling up to the party, got the right vibe. 
smooth like butter hate us wait hate us love us i forgot how that goes so yeah again it's like i got the right body and the right mind like i roll up to the party i've got like ice on my wrist and i'm just like smooth like butter and so like everybody's freaking out and i would like if i was at the at the club and sugar came up i would be like wow look how big his feet are <laughs> okay fresh boy blow up and we lay low all the plays get moving when the bass low got army right behind us when we say so again so like the got the army behind us when we say so is like the pied piper reference and just like about the power that they have in the industry because i know that a lot of people were like oh is it like a a reference it's like a diss track and i do think that it is in it's in a way because rm did write some of these write some of this so i do think that there is like some swag around it as well got the players get moving when the bass felt just like you know moving stuff like that that lyric doesn't really have much i don't say i would say and then we've got we'll let it roll and then we've got smooth like butter cool shade stunner and you know we don't stop hot like summer ain't no bummer you'll be like oh my god we're gonna make you rock and you say yeah we're gonna make you bounce and you say i mean like bouncing where are we bouncing what's going on i guess it could just be dancing and just bouncing because we again we are under the spell we're under the fucking spell of butter and then my favorite part get it let it roll like get and let it roll what I'm not sure. <laughs> so that's why the lyric breakdowns. Again, I know that people are, there's a lot of like conversation about it and stuff like that, but I really don't think that it's meant to be interpreted too much just because I think that like Dynamite, it's not for ARMY. It's, it's, we don't, it's the songs like Butter are not for ARMY. They're for locals. They're not meant to feel super personal. And I guess we could question that strategy especially given the fact that you know if we look at their comp their their competition during this time i think it's like olivia rodrigo right and the reason why people love that song which i've just heard like i've been ignoring it forever because ratchet army but it's a great song driver's license the reason why people love driver's license is because it's very personal and so i do find that BTS's instinct to go against their nature for the sake of breaking to the Western audience is kind of out of touch. Like, I think it's out of touch of what's really happening, especially with Gen Z, because Gen Z loves to fucking feel. That's all they do is feel. And so, again, but they're a millennial band. So I think it's interesting that given the fact that most of the songs that have been pretty popular, except for like maybe a WAP or something like that, a lot of the songs are like feel songs. So I don't know. I don't know. Like it's, I I think that it's, if it was up to me, I would say try something a little bit more personal, more intimate, especially when you see things like spring day and stuff. But then again, I guess life goes on was their attempt, but I'm talking about in English. Like if you could make, like, here's my thing. Here's my idea. If they wrote a spring day like song, right? or like a blue and gray type song that was just right in the feels about a breakup. I'm not gonna say whose breakup, but a breakup. I think that it would kill here. I think that it would like kill without as much effort 
but that's a strategist to me. But again, butter is not for us. It's for locals. So I think we can get some meaning from it because it's BTS. But I think mostly they just wanted to create something that was big and fun and would sell to the Western audience. And I think they achieved that. Like I said, I love butter. The lyrics, you know, <laughs> are the lyrics, but it's just meant to listen. Like I said, I'm Ratchet Army. And so I'm not somebody who thinks a lot about lyrics. <laughs> I just think about doing ratchet shit with my friends. You know what I mean? So I can't really judge the lyrics that much. I just am thinking in terms of their greater goals. And if the goal is a Grammy, then... And they might get a Grammy for this one. I don't think that they can... I don't think that the Grammys can ignore them twice. That's not true. I mean, they ignored Beyonce over and over again. And the thing is, is that ARMY is scary, but scary to them. But I think that ARMY being scary just makes them more it makes them not want to give it to them more. You know what I mean? I think that when ARMY goes on defense mode, it doesn't make people more open to BTS. It makes them less open to BTS because they feel like they're being held at gunpoint. And I know it's frustrating because as ARMY, we're like, you need to give them a chance and what is happening, but it's it's just weird. Like, I'm not going to get into it. But <laughs> like that's how all these systems continue to operate unchecked and stuff like that. But yeah, that's what I think about the butter lyrics. I guess I also talked a little bit about the strategy. Do I think they'll get the number one? Probably. I don't know if they have like a ton of competition. But yeah, it's a great song. Mission accomplished. But like I said, I don't think that there's like as much meaning and stuff as we thought. Like I said, thinking about, I was watching some of the press stuff. And it's again, it's pretty boilerplate. I It also made me reflect on like how dead music journalism is. I remember when I was growing up in the early 2000s, the interviews that we would get with musicians, the questions they would ask were just like so much more in depth. I felt like even Britney Spears would get good questions. But I feel like nobody gets good questions. And I don't know if that's because it's BTS or what, but I actually was thinking about what questions I would ask. But it's always like, where are the mixtapes? Collaborations. It's hard to like where the music journalists who are going to ask really interesting questions um, and really get to know the guys. I think Rolling Stone did a pretty good job, but I'd want more, something more in depth. And, but yeah, I want them to get their Grammy. But again, I, I'm a, like, I feel like it's probably not going to mean what kind of they think it's going to mean, in my opinion, <laughs> but that's just me. Okay, so now I figured I'd talk about like the overall vibes of the guys, just overall. What's my, I don't think you guys know this, but like I always do my vibe checks and check in on everybody and see like just in my brain and like the energy they're giving off, what is it giving? And I think that overall, I feel like they seem less, way less held at gunpoint than they did during Dynamite, I would say. Sugar especially seems very refreshed happy he seems very just really relaxed in a way and maybe it's because he's not in pain which I love Jen has been talking a lot during interviews and stuff like that and so I think he has oh gosh I love how I'm like talking so casually about Jen we'll come back to Jen but yeah Sugar I think his part I understand why he's happy. His part in the song is very memorable. I feel like it's probably the best part of the song. 
he looks great. He's not in pain. He's with the group again. And you just feel the glow off of him. He just seems to be doing really well. Jin is, I think, riding the wave of the Genesons. Again, like, I don't mean to boast. I don't mean to boast. But I was correct. I was 100% correct. I was 100% correct about Jin and Hobie. I'm just going to start calling myself the BTS Oracle at this point. I guess just consider all my tea to be real tea. Just consider it all to be real. No, don't consider any of it. Again, it's all Shanae-verse talk. But Jin, like I said in interviews, his whole vibe, his whole energy is that I really think, and this is what makes it frustrating when there seems to be like real clear agenda around excitement around the members and stuff like that. I hate this. Like I hate how... I feel like the love is not evenly distributed around BTS. And I understand why. I know everybody loves JK. Like I have my JK periods two days out of the month. So I get it. And yes, I'm going to talk about his sleeve. I got so many questions about his sleeve. I will talk. I don't know what this. Okay, we'll talk about it later. I hope that Jin feels the love and that he, because I just feel like he put a lot of effort into this comeback. I feel like he really, like he sounds good. He looked good. He just pushed himself, you know what I mean? And I love to see that. And I just want to see it rewarded more. So his vibe is good. Namjoon's vibe is touchy. Like he's a little, he's a little, I don't know if he's just like stressed or overwhelmed, but he's a little touchy. He looks great though. This is Namjoon's beefcake era. And I think that it's honestly, and I'm here saying it first, is the bad bitch era. I think we're going to have a huge period of shady bad bitch like beefcake namjoon just like pure visual sexy that bitch energy which is of course the next stage after heartbroken host stage which he went through in the shenayaverse in my fanfic canon not real not real (laughs) and so yeah his energy looks very much like bad bitch like he the thing about namjoon and his attitude so far is that i feel like he's really wrapped his head around the power that they have and what they've been able to do is not taking any shit anymore and he's really kind of like leaning against you know he's really like you know what we do have army who has our back and i don't have to i don't have to do this shit anymore like i'm a part of the biggest band in the world who they're signed who just literally now is company mates with some of the biggest artists in the world like what am I doing period and again period yes I love that I feel like Jimin is just chilling I think he's just like always he always delivers I feel like his energy is always pretty like the same and everything he's so professional I never get like any vibes from him that are like off I have noticed that he's become like uh, really positive like in a way that feels kind of tayish. like I know that like I keep hearing moments where people are like oh I'm gonna die and he's like I love food and stuff like that which just again sends me to the moon I love that shit let's see Tay he seems to be happy I think he likes this song I think you can tell that he wasn't crazy about dynamite but I think he really likes this song and it reflects in his attitude the perm the wash and go is iconic it's just iconic. Like I, I can't, I can't believe his hair is like that. It makes me, I just love it. And so, like, do do we think that a lot of guys are going to end up doing their perm like that? I don't know. I know people have. I mean, it looks like a wash and go. That's so funny. But he's so hot. It doesn't matter. He's so hot. It doesn't matter. Like literally, he can go bald, and I will literally still be on my knees. You know what I mean? He's just that bitch, Hobie. 
is in his hobosance, like the hair, his attitude, his energy. He knows that he's a shit as well. He's also having like a bad bitch stage, but he would never do it because he's like too humble to fully embrace his bad bitch stage. So he's like doing the hobosance right now. And he looks great. Energy seems good. The vibe is good. JK, I, like one of the things that I will say when I go through the video step by step is how obsessed I am with the small moments in the video where he's just so joyous and is so unrehearsed. And so I think that maybe he's kind of coming out of his shell a little bit. Of course, him showing his sleeve is like a big part of this. Although when he was at the when he was at the press conference, I don't know if it's because he just cut his hair. You know when like they change something about you or something about you changes and you have to go off and see a bunch of people and you're really insecure about it and you're not sure like how people are going to take it and how you look. I think that's what uh, was going on with him that day because he was just like, <sighs> and then everybody was like posting all this stuff about how it's 2014 again with him and how he like went back in time and all that stuff. And again, I, I'm going to talk about this later. He always looks different. Like he's really going through this big stage where he's settling into like how he even is going to look. Because I feel like by the time you're 24 or 25, the way you're going to look is how you're going to look. I think Tay's a good example of this. Jimin is another example of this. Like they're not going to really change much. But I think that Tay and Jimin both kind of went through a lot. If you go back at the pictures, I think they were still settling into their looks before 2020. So like around the year that JK is. So like 24, 23, 22, like they were still kind of shifting. And Tay was also like this as well, where when I was like going back and looking at stuff, I was like, Tay looks totally fucking different, like each time. And then all of a sudden, I feel like 2020, you saw him and was like, oh, okay, this is Tay. This is how he's going to look. But even if you look back at Bon Voyage 4, when he was in New Zealand, he looked way different, you know, than he did when he was in On. But now that he's been in On, he looks like that and that's how he looks and I feel like Jimin is the same way so it's interesting to watch JK settle into like okay here's how I'm gonna look and I don't know if that's surgery <laughs> or what or whatever they do to do that but I guess it's just like growing up I don't know I've looked the same since I was 17 so I can't say but yeah that's the vibe check on all of the individual members okay let's go through the video and I feel like I'll go through the video and I'll try to describe things best I can, but you can follow along with me and my audio. And, it, and I'm sure that you guys have watched the watched that video so many times. When I say stuff, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But just in case, you can track along with that. Okay, so let's do it. Let's go through the butter episode, <laughs> butter videos, like shot by shot, and talk about the different aspects of it. Shall we? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Have we gotten used to the big hit music logo yet? I kind of forgot about it. Okay. Here we go. Okay, so we are starting with JK. And I love this fit. I think he looks great. I love his hair, the color, the energy. This video, he seems so relaxed. And I will talk about this more as we go along. But like this one scene that we're about to come up on. Like trouble into your heart like that. Like when he smiles. Oh, yes, the smile. 
It's just he, I feel like there's always this energy around JK where he's like holding back, like because he wants to put out the best vision possible. There's this level of restraint in his performances that you don't really see in, say, for example, someone like Tay, where Tay really feels like, you know, he, his charisma is really in how he makes things his own. And I think JK is really good at like locking into moods of different things. Like for example, if you compare this to Dynamite, like Dynamite, he was charming and he was cute, but it was like more of a cute, but like this, like you saw these breaks in his personalities. Like as we go forward, we'll talk about literally my favorite, like literally when I see this, I watch it over and over again. It's the end part. Like that part and his face and like the joy and the intensity and, and like the way that he's just like, letting his face do its thing reminds me of how so much of the way that k-pop um, idols are in control of their face and their impressions and how all of that is probably like carefully choreographed and i think one of the reasons why tay is such a notable performer is because it doesn't seem like it is do you know what i mean so i the thing that i noticed most about jk in this whole performance is how i don't know if somebody sat him down and was like listen you need to relax, like chill. Like it's like really just really chill. Not like, don't pretend like you're chilling. Don't perform chilling, like actual chilling. And you can really tell the difference. Like the smile, I literally melted. He's one of the finest people on the planet. And then he like goes back to his, like, and then the moment after that, he goes back to his, hey, 30 something. Age ain't nothing but a number. Age ain't nothing but a number. By the way, it's Gemini season. Do we have Gemini? any Geminis in the house? Make some noise. It's almost cancer season. Well, not really. It'll be cancer season much later. That's when my birthday is. My birthday's June 23rd. Cancer season. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so we've got the group shot, which was from the teaser. And ugh, I guess I, I, I don't know what order I'm doing these in, but I'm sure I've already talked about the connections between the teaser and the other thing but it's really interesting to see how it all came together right v's voice is so is so perfect on this cool shades done to my mother yeah like oh my gosh him and the lollipop I, would, I could have used more lollipop like there was lollipop but we could have used more and this is when we also get the first suggestions you know the shot at let's see is it 21? I love how we're 21 seconds in. And how long have I been talking? Seven minutes. <laughs> it's when we, when we start to get the, the beginnings of what will become the Genesis attack. Because we see him in this like black background, like just giving us face. It's when it begins. And I feel like at this point, we don't really know what's about to happen to us. You're just, at least we're seeing Jin now. Because remember in Dynamite... We literally got three and a half minutes into that fucking song before we saw him, right? Do you remember that? But so we saw him right away. Also, this this part with Tay Tay just fits the song really well, and I love uh, his styling here. Mm -hmm. Okay, this first shot and the numbers, which I will address at the end, because at the end we have. Butter Q&A, and one of the questions was, what do the numbers mean? And I investigated, and I have a couple different answers, so I will get into that. But this group shot, let's go from left to right. 
like I guess V always looking like the main character even when he's not in the center. Yoongi. Min Yoongi. Suga just looks so good and well refreshed and well fucked this era. I feel like the break really did him well and he's just so back. JK. JK looks really hot here and I don't know maybe I have like a, a prison thing but then really it's all about it's all about Jim. Front and center in the middle just styled impeccably this fit is even better is this the fit from okay this fit is from the teaser and during the teaser i wasn't as a big a fan of this fit i was like i mean he looks hot because he looks fucked but it looks really really great here uh and then fucking namjoon his fucking It's like, and you just like come on here and you try to make it work with yourself. And then you're like Namjoon. And then you realize that you're just another bitch that loves Namjoon. Like one of millions of bitches. that You know that like Namjoon has mil- billions, billions of people under his tag. So that's great. And then Jimin, again, disappointed Dom. Hobie is literally the finest man on the planet. Look how fine he looks. Like I don't, he really decided, you know what? I'm just going to be the visual. Like, I've been, like, sunshine too long, and I'm not going to do that. I am going to pro- do sunshine, but it's going to be sunshine in places that you that you wouldn't imagine. That's what he's giving me just in this shot. Again, I've been talking for uh, 10 minutes, and I am 28 seconds in. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Sunshine and two. Yeah, the... <laughs> the mug shots let's talk about them one by one they're so fast i don't know how everybody got them screen like the screenshotters i mean jen's is amazing they all look good i think the one that really makes me feel sick to my stomach is definitely the hobie one like the hobie one really he looks like a, a character in a quentin tarantino movie he looks amazing Hobie, 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 the Hobosans. And like the Hobosans is like every legacy within a person represents different things. And for Hobie, it's like, I am no longer going to bury the lead. I'm fine as hell. And I think it's time people knew. And I love that. I truly do. Okay, let's move on. Okay, the choreography looks so fun and bouncy. It kind of feels like the sister to Dynamite. I'd be curious, I'm curious to see how they perform it live. Like, oh my god, this moment here at 41, Jung, JK's face, like, oh my god. And the hair, the color of his hair is just next level. It's a really good styling choice. And of course, I do like these fits. Jimin. Okay, okay, so let's go back to 48. Point four eight, and talk about this Namjoon. And if you obviously this is an audio recording, but I know in your head and your heart you know what Namjoon I'm talking about. This black fucking suit, the pink hair, him leaning over, us seeing his chest, and him pointing at me. I would love for him to leave me the fuck alone. Let me live my life and try to be happy with somebody else doing somebody doing somebody else. Yeah, that's what I would like. That's what fucking please. Can you? Okay other thing that i'm noticing another thing that i'm noticing in this shot which i didn't notice because i'm frozen here is hobie again giving looks and then we have jen back there being jen his white pants are really hitting 
V uh, V is always on, even when he's not front and center. And then Jimin, of course. Jimin, okay, this is one of the best. I feel like this is the best Jimin's ever. No, I don't know. Jimin always looks good. But something about the way that he was fit here, and it just seems like people have been really listening to my disappointed Dom notes. And are like, so we hear that he is this disappointed Dom. Let's just lean into it. Let's style him that way. And I just, the white suit, it's really good. And then JK. It's so funny. It's, I feel like my JK period went away because of, of Jin. But I feel like as I sit here talking about him, it's like coming back. It's coming back. Let be it, let it roll. Okay, this part with, this part with the Tay-Tay and him in the elevator it's interesting that the elevator the way the elevator was integrated and also like overall about the video the video doesn't really have necessarily a story it's more like motifs uh and settings there's not really a storyline to it per se versus like i guess dynamite didn't have a really storyteller like when's the last i feel like black swan had a bit of a storyline obviously that nuts on on everything on i was thinking about this like when the e word comes i'm sorry and stuff like that like what will we talk about and stuff like that and like how do you know like making ourselves feel better while we wait and stuff like that and i was just thinking about how there's just so many music videos that we haven't talked about and i feel like i'm talking about some of the older music videos some of the older albums on of lots of k-pop people will kind of help with that or like even like there's so much stuff shit we haven't talked about like in the soup we talk about we talk about all this shit. I also think pretty soon I'm going to start bringing people on to interview or just to have conversations with because I keep making amazing K-pop fans and we, friends, fans, uh, friends, and we like, we'll talk about shit and it's like, we can talk about this shit on the podcast. And I feel like those podcasts will be a lot easier. So yeah. Anyway, moving on. So yes, Tay's amazing. Yes, of course, the line, don't need no usher to tell you got it bad, is like such a good, oh, to remind me that you got it bad, is really good. Okay, now we have the scene with Jin, which is when we realize that we are fucked. Like, before we realize that things are, like, squirrely in the sauce, the sauce isn't quite right. It's like, not the sauce isn't quite right, but there's, there's like, some extra seasoning on this. Extra sauce, if you will. Like, somebody has sprinkled a little seasoned salt on it. It's a little zesty, a little red hot. Like, we first noticed it. We're like, oh, my God, what's that? And it's Jin turning around in this fucking chair. And also, let's look at the scene. So it looks like they're in a studio or something. So this is, like, the first setting other than the elevator and them, like, being arrested. And I guess at the end we'll talk about, like, what the what we think them being there means. <laughs> sort of, like, what are they being out there for? But, like, right now we're just going from scene to scene. But, like... Here's them being on set, and I love the aesthetics. I love the color scheme of the set. I think it's really beautiful how, like, so I always am thinking about how to integrate BTS as, like, art in my house because I'm not, like, I'm not really into the fandom aesthetic. And one thing that I've done with other stuff is I take scenes from, like, shots from, you know, different movies and I like print them out as pictures and I and I have them framed 
And so I kind of want to do like a BTS corner that's just like BTS shots that I love from different music videos. And I think this is one that I would have. It's just like him in this corner in the outfit of the year, these glasses looking at us like that. Also, that's right. Like we, one of the things that was in the, the teaser was the whisper and we only really get the, and it's like, that's like, why are we going? Shh. And so we have the scene and Shuga's in the middle and everybody's like, gasp. So like, what does that mean? Also, okay, Namjoon, so at 111, Namjoon's at this cor- it's at the corner of the shot and you're just getting ass and hair and profile. And I haven't talked about Namjoon yet. Okay, yes, I have. Yes, I have. But like Namjoon was just sensually, simply, sensually. Hey, he was just simply a... Like, vi- like not just a visual, but like was giving us beefcake, like giving us eye candy. You know how like some the people are not because visual is like more sophisticated, and there's something more carnal about Namjoon's presence in this video. It just was sort of like I, I want to say fucked, but I'm I'm being repetitive. Like I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's more like he just looked just i don't know maybe it's just hot but like in this scene and then of course hobie in the back being a visual with the hair which does such good things for him and and it's so funny because like you can go through this video so many times and you'll always catch something different okay moving on but yeah sugar's presence in the video and his comeback and just like how his energy is it's just he just seems like he's doing well oh my god this part felt this part with jimin felt very much like so we're at 112 and you know what i'm talking about it's that when he's in the gray suit and he's looking up at us and he's telling us to basically get on our knees more or less and i guess this is like the press shot and i guess it's if you look at the lyrics it's about like in my interpretation of the scene it's about like because there's a couple theories about butter and about this at the beginning of like what is it is it, a, is it about sex? And I think it's like a Pied Piper-esque song where it is about sex, and it's but it's deeper than sex. It's more about like the way that they are snatching us, the Western market, and like how they have us by the necks and how they're, we're so attracted to them and how we're doing all this stuff to their hearts and stuff like that as ARMY. I think that's what it is. And so then this press scene is about just being out in front. And I guess it's like a commentary on the Western media and how they're being interviewed and, you know, how there's so many questions about what's BTS, why BTS, like what's going on. That's especially with the lyrics, the superstar glow. So, okay. And then I think this scene is interesting because again, what is this? meant to say maybe it's not meant to say anything but the idea that there's just like a lot of playing around with the idea of being watched and being in your life but your life being a set you know what I mean because it's like for this scene starting at 122 when they're dancing in this tracksuits they are it looks like they're just in a place but it's really just like a sound stage and is that just supposed to represent like the realities of their life you know I like these outfits. I know that these, is this, I gotta like, let's see if the style has gone up about these outfits. I know that some of this is definitely Gucci, but I don't know if all of it is.
Okay, so it looks like a lot. So the shoes are all Gucci, but the suits are from a couple different brands, it looks like. From Palm Angels, Gucci, Lacoste. So, yes, we. so I like that better. You know, I like when they mix designs because I said it kind of really makes the branding feel more sophisticated. Or it makes the outfits feel more sophisticated versus when they're like, okay, let's dress them all in Gucci from head to toe and stuff like that. So that's that's interesting. But I really like the styling of this part. I love these outfits. I think, like I said, I do think that the new stylists have start, started working already because they seem to be already making a big difference as far as at least making the fits more distinct and more numerous and interesting. So and then we've got Jen again at 1.30 and his suit and his hair is perfect. Like some of the best he looks. And then we also have JK's hair had gotten more purple and Hobie's hair had gotten more blonde for sure. Let's see. Let it roll. Okay, the elevator scenes is iconic. I think it's like my favorite scene and everybody really killed it. Again, like Namjoon, again, even Namjoon's style and dancing just like gives me beefcake. Just like so much beefcakery. Like the Tay is just Tay is just that bitch with the perfume, the perfume bit. Like, why is he like this? Like, why is he so good? You know? JK and the ponytail. I'm glad. I know that you guys, a lot of you guys are huge JK ponytail people. I am not a ponytail JK person. And so I liked his hair at the length it was and what he was doing, but I don't, I'm not crazy about it in the ponytail. Hobie literally killing it. Like, I love how he's dancing so hard in his, like, flyboy fit. Like, so good. And then Sugar, just the Sugar, just giving, like, that bitch energy with his dance and the bounce and the look in his face where he's like, yeah, I'm the owner of this club. And I just had sex. That's the energy. And of course, I think everybody lost their mind over Jin's dance performance. We were like show shocked by it, like main dancer shit, like the energy, like never been done before. The most amazing thing ever. I can't say enough good things about it. It just is. He just is that bitch and will forever be that bitch. Oh, my God. My favorite part's coming up. Here we go. Race. Hey, like, OK, so I still my wrist. I'm the nice guy. Like, <sighs> Obviously, we've already kind of gone through the lyrics, or we have, or we will, depending on where we are <laughs> in this podcast. But this part just really takes everything up. Like, the beat change, the way the rhythm changes, and just, Yungi, like, I've said this so many times, but how he's underrated as a performer. And, like, I think people really value his rapping skills. But as far as, like, any video you look at, especially, like, Life Goes On, even like on dynamite not so much but like most other songs like anytime it's time for him he just takes the song to another level i think the rap line does that as a whole but suga's energy and the way that he like transports the song really like it like takes it up because i think that without the section the section the song would be kind of average but i think that this is what really kind of takes it over and you're just like yeah because this is when you start twerking right like you're like groove into the song you're like yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when this part comes up, you're like, oh, mm, 
Mm, like you start like really getting into it and like it's you know when you're out and you're and you're like listening to a song for the first time and then you have the beat drops and then all of a sudden every people like get up and you're like hey 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 maybe you don't know about that but that's what's happening here in my opinion hey oh he says hate us love us and then of course this namjoon part and also the thing that's best about this part with Yungi is when he smiles. Like, get it, roll. Oh, sorry, I'm listening. I'm watching it again. Oh, so it's like the vibe, vibe. Hate us. Sorry, I'm not playing it, obviously, because I'll get in trouble. But this part here, the right mind. Like when he's saying to like butter. This part's just really good. And then also the guys in the back sort of like hyping him up. Like I love this version of BTS. It's my favorite. And I love how just like V is like riding JK's back and they're just like swinging together. It's just so cute. Because it's like, you know, BTS is never better than just like when they're vibing together. Okay. And so the scene and then Namjoon comes in and this glorious fit. Like the fit was good in the previews but it's even better when he moves around in it because it really showcases how big he is the glasses the pink hair it all adds to it it had i mean it might be my favorite fit of the video there's just something about it that really just like the length of the shorts and everything it just is such a good fit and i'm not sure like i guess we can think about like what is the reasoning for this sort of turn of styling is it like okay this is who we really are and who we are for army and how army sees us um the a on the left jk and Jin in the skirt maybe it's like oh this is your worst nightmare we're your worst nightmare but we have army behind us so we can do anything let me know what you think but yeah it's really cute and i think the best part of this scene is like how happy they looked to do this part like they just were so sweet and they clearly miss army so should this fit is iconic and I want to wear it like those pants and the combo are so good I love all these fits I wish that they spent more time in these fits I would say but I just love it and I guess Namjoon is like so fucking fine in his fit it's really good for him it's such a good choice and yes ARMY will do whatever when you say so that's true and so next we have like the like stage scene and these fits are just more average fits but they still look great and the best thing is that they all seem to fit pretty well again can we talk about hobie's hair in this part and how it's been like it's like feathered out or something and is given the volume in the middle part like please she could take the wheel he looks so fine like i can't even deal with like i i know i keep saying that Hobie visual, Hobie visual, but it's really insane how much he is the visual. So I guess this is just supposed to be a stage. Yeah, this part with Hobie is out of this world. Like, he looks so good. I think he's probably the wet. Like, I guess we'll talk. We're going to go back through this again and talk about the fits probably more in detail, even though we already have, but I want to like go through them again. But I think as far as like best dressed the whole time, maybe Hobie? I don't know. They all look really, really great. I also really love Jimin's jacket, but I love this part. It's also a great, it's a great energy lift 
in the song is this part. Like, I really want a, another piercing in my ear now um, because he looks so good. And the collar. Yeah, I really want it more from these, these fits, the later fits. Okay, this part at 224 with Jin his having his lap in my face in his skirt and like celebrating. Somebody please come get me. Somebody please come get me. Like I said, I really love the choreography. I can't wait to see it all together. Because at this point, I haven't seen it all together. Namjoon, again, looks fine as hell. Namjoon Center. I said what I said. Again, okay, I could write a whole thesis on 246 and the energy off of JK and everybody in this scene. Like, I, like, he just seems so unreservedly happy and having fun and has really let himself go. And I just can't wait until he fully realizes that aspect of himself as a performer where he feels like he can really release and allow some of those nuances to come through in his performance and let go. Because a lot of times, like I said, he's clinched up. But this scene shows how, like, he just is so much hotter when he does this. Like, I'm going to watch it, like, four times where he just, like, releases. And it just like the enthusiasm and then of course we have hobie eating the butter poor guy like i can't imagine what he's going through eating that butter <laughs> and so going through the video again like what were my favorite parts so again i said that i really really like the end i really like the part where jk leads the get it let it roll and they're all hyped up and they're excited because it's like, again, it's like that little moment in time where they're just like BTS and it's like you and BTS. And it doesn't feel as big and it doesn't feel as overwhelming and it doesn't feel like this big thing that you're a part of. It's just you just like be seven guys. And so I really, really like this part. I and that part's my favorite, another favorite of mine. I'm obsessed with the scene of them as they're at the I love I love how wrong the heights are behind them though it's kind of funny but I love when they're lined up and they've got their cards up with the numbers and stuff like that I just think that it's such a well done scene it's really well made I think overall the video just looks really expensive if you even compare it to like on oh, our dynamite like there's like a level of production and I don't know who shot it but the eye that they have and they gave it a really cinematic feel like I said about the video where I really wanted to like print out shots of this and put it in like pictures or whatever there's just so much to choose from but yeah this part here where they're holding the cards is another one of my favorite parts I really love of course when I guess I love everything, but Jin turning around in the chair. I'll never recover. I'll never recover. I'll never recover. And it's not just him, but it's like the composition of the shot, the background. It's just really well done. It's just really well done. And I cannot stress enough how good this looks. So I just really like the scene. It just feels very cinematic and it's, and again, it really represents the direction that I hope BTS goes. And it's like really like reflecting the money and the production and everything else. And I just, like I said, I love the color combination. It's just like really well composed from a filmmaking perspective. I really like the gym scene. I Like I said, I really like the styling there and how it really looks. I think obviously like the rap, the, you know, 
Yungi and Arm's part is the part that I feel like I rewatch the most. It just has like, so much energy and I love like how it sort of boom, boom, boom. It's like really good. And I just like, I love the army, of course. And again, how happy they are. So those are my favorites. Yeah. So that's a scene by scene analysis. Let's see if there's anything else that we really want to look at. Again. Okay. So we mentioned some of the, the sort of fits. Uh, and I guess I should pick a favorite. I would say that even though we didn't really see a lot of the Marie Antoinette fits, I like those the most. I think that they're just like, you know, of course I did because they're the most uniquely styled and sort of the most personality and are kind of telling an interesting story, you know, about sort of like, I guess if it is appealing to this idea of BTS being royalty in the industry and just being attractive and major, I think it is also interesting that there is like some skirts at play here and they're playing with androgyny, which is, of course, a female gaze, you know, cornerstone. I was hoping that the outfits would kind of be more of a political statement, but I guess them just wearing them themselves is a political statement. Although I would argue, and this is something that I think I've had conversations with you guys in the past, and that androgyny for androgyny's sake, or, you know, kind of pandering to the queer gaze is not necessarily political within the K-pop landscape because it is just another tool in the toolbox a lot of times for k-pop to attract women because women love androgyny people women love markers of anti-masculinity even though like i said and i think i've said this many times before i do think that we need to be a little bit more critical of this imagery i mean i go back and forth because part of me is like okay a lot of times when we use you know, having a man in a skirt or something like that, if it's not followed up with like some type of really specific political stance and stuff like that, it can just, like I said, it can come off as pandering or just whatever. So there's that aspect of it where it's, and that's how I feel about it a lot of times when you see it, like on TikTok, like remember when all the men were wearing maids, like when they were making, wearing maid outfits and like women just were like into it. It was just like sexy for them. And it was like, had become almost a fetishy type thing or they wear nail polish. And it's like, and I remember watching this video where this guy had been wearing nail polish and then he was challenged and he was like, it helps me get bitches. And so like the performative aspect of it, I'm not crazy about, but then on the other hand, it's like, you know, just kind of having it there and normalizing it without a political statement is a statement in itself. So I don't know. I go back and forth about the effectiveness of this stuff. And I guess, like you said, it could just be like, they're wearing it just to wear it. But I guess because, you know, the girl's so woke, she don't sleep. I'm always like very conscious of it. And I think I am also very As a card-carrying man-hater, even though I'm literally spending two hours and my whole platform is about screaming about men, as a card-carrying man-hater, I really dislike how a lot of times we give men medals for things that they're doing that are outside of its sincerity. But again, I think that because androgyny is used by K-pop a lot and by BTS a lot to challenge uh, the norms for the sake of challenging them or being the, I remember the quote in, in Rolling Stones that they're not, that's not their intention, right? They just think that it's like old fashioned and if their presence is challenging it, that's great. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of a complicated question and answer because it's like hard to understand what is authentic and what's not but then the nature of bts making a music video especially one like butter means that you can't really 
suss that out. And it's not even worth sussing out. You know what I mean? And so, but I know that I, I see your guys' edits and stuff like that. So I know that you guys really love the androgynous uh, type of styling on them. And they carry it so well. They have the great features for it. So I really, really like the Marie Antoinette fits a lot. And I hope they do more stuff that like bends and is interesting like that in the future. I really loved the kind of basketball court fits too. I thought they were good. Again, like they weren't as matchy-matchy. And of course the beginning fits, I guess the suits and stuff are just fucking hot. Like they just look super, super hot. But I think the Marie Antoinette fits were my favorite. And I wish we could have seen more of them because they're just so good. And I hope that they are indicative of... BTS being really conscious of sticking toward to their K-pop roots in some ways. And maybe there isn't something to understand about it, about them sort of being in these sets and these outfits, eating, having butter. Is I, I wonder if it's just like I said, it's about them and maybe like the eating of the butter represents you're in this place and you're doing things that you just have to do for your entertainment and for your shock value. Tis that? I don't know. I cannot say, but again, this other image of Hobie with the butter and the background and the yellow colors, how everything is saturated is another really good moment. Of course, I love the elevator scene. I really like it all. There's not much. Like, the song's not very long. And when we'll address, and when we address the questions, we'll talk about, there's a question about, like, are they making room for a feature? Although, there was a interview and Namjoon was asked about collaborations with Justin. And he was like, oh, we're under the same company anymore. He can call and come to Korea whenever he wants. So he seems to be fucking done with that. Like, I thought that was like a sure thing, but maybe not. Goes back to my like thing that I said. I've said this a couple times that there's no such thing as T, at least not until I really get over here. There's no such thing as BTST. They know everything that they want you to know. <laughs> Like everything is out there so tightly controlled. They have such like a, a grip on their market that nothing's really a secret. But yeah, overall, I love the video. I really love, it's not necessarily what I, you don't, like you don't ever know. Like I think one of the strategies around the way BTS releases their songs, this is my first, like Dynamite was my comeback, but this is my first time with a comeback as a creator. So I think that they create chaos on purpose so that you can not have any like set expectations with what it's going to be. Like, did you have any idea of what it was going to be? Like, I guess once we got the preview, we're like, oh, it's going to be kind of 80s. It ended up sounding very similar, but what it ended up being was just like nothing like I thought, you know? But I really like the video. Like I said, it's very expensive. It's very sleek. It's very watchable. Like every time you watch it, you can catch something new versus like, I would say because they split them up so much in Dynamite and there just like wasn't as much to look at, but there's just like way more to look at for this one. And again, the styling is much better. Um, let me know what your favorite fits are. As far as like, like I said, my overall favorite fits is I really like Namjoon's fit at the end. I really like Suga's fit. I really like the suit, but it's typical. And everything Hobie wears. I really love. Yeah, I just. The styling is really good. They understood the assignment for sure. Okay, so now the big question is whose era was it? 
you know, because we always go back and we look at each era and we're like, okay, whose era was it? Who really shined? And as far as how do we gauge the best era? So what are we thinking? So here's how I'm grading it and how I made my decision, right? So it's a cumulative score, right? And you're scoring for a couple things. First, we score for like the look and the cultural impact of the teaser photos, the impact of the group photos, the teaser photos, the teaser videos, who had the most standout styling as far as like visually, who had standout moments in the song and also in the video who has like big three energy off of them the whole time and i think it's really hard and in fact maybe i will put this up to a vote and i will put a poll up in the description so you guys can vote and i don't know who i'm gonna vote for and i can literally make the case for i think i can make the case for four different three different people okay so first is jen and i think i want to give it to jen because i feel like Having it be your era is not even just about like the performance and it's not just about what you're doing, but also just like the growth and the moment. And I feel like beyond everyone, Jen is the one who seemed to put the most work in with his vocals, his English pronunciation, the way he looked, the way he was just like in his bag, well-fucked energy. He looked confident. His dancing was great. His elevator dancing was iconic. Like the Renaissance is in full bloom. So I have a hard time giving it to anybody else. As far as like his styling was good across the board. The hair was amazing. The head was amazing. He was in it every single time. The sort of uh, mugshot scene, iconic, iconic, iconic. There's no way. There's no way. And he also had memorable audio parts. So Jen is one person that I could give it to. I could also give it to J-Hope because, again, when we talk about eras, and I think part of the era conversation is to think through, like, not just what's happening, but, like, how it represents their growth and their change as a member of the band. And J-Hope embraced his visual side. Like, he really did. The, The looks that he was giving, what he was serving, the hair, everything was just really direct and specific, and he was, like, not playing around his elevator scene is something that i will like think about for the rest of the time his singing part was also really memorable he gets extra points because he made a lot of impact in his pre his teaser shots and his teaser video so i think j-hope is somebody else you could give it to okay the other person that i want to give it to is i think tay giving you sexy grandma giving you orange suit he really fits in this aesthetic he really likes this era he just looked like a bad bitch the whole time i guess the only reason why you might not give it to him because maybe it is too natural to him so it's not as much of a stretch but tay is just like his perfume dance like just iconic moments of energy and he is that bitch so tay is somebody who would also give it to I'd also give it to Yoongi because, again, when we talk about eras, we talk about, like, am I just going to say all of them? Can can we? I guess I'm just going to go through all of them. So Yoongi, he, the verse is the song maker. His verse is the song maker. His drop, the energy, the way it transitions makes the song, period, period, period. The smile, the lip bite, like, please please his elevator dance his styling everything is great like he brought such a fun fresh energy and he gets extra points for just like his vibe outside of 
the performance like outside of the performance just like his well fucked at peace mindset is it is it it's it a hundred percent right so we could give it to him I know a lot of people want to give it to JK and there's lots of reasons why you can give it to JK, right? The purple hair is iconic. The hair was an iconic moment. We always love iconic moments. And while I wasn't crazy about the pre-shots, they did make an impression mostly to the 30 plus set. And I really like that. But I think in the video, that moment where he breaks and he's just like smiling and it's like very vulnerable and fun and relaxed is iconic. Like it's, it's truly next level and it's where I hope he continues to go and becomes more relaxed as a performer and really goes into it i've talked about this enough so you give jk and just because he's jk right like he's the center lots of attention doing great so you could also give it to him jimin the hair his hair i think probably the coolest decision was his rainbow hair his podium scene was iconic the dancing was amazing. I also really loved his elevator scene. He just was like giving bad bitch. I feel like I'm being redundant, but like he he just like does it. He just like is there to take care of it. I feel like he's maybe not as much as in the running because he, but maybe he is just because of his hair. Simply because you know what it is. I feel like he wasn't as focused on as much in the video. And I wonder if that's because he had, he was like all over the fucking dynamite video. So they pulled him back, but his pre-shots were the best. He, his impact in the pre-shots were just like next level, like the, the preview shots. So he gets extra points for that. Okay. Then we have Namjoon, beefcake, bad bitch Namjoon, something we've never seen before. His rap was also revolutionary, but mostly it's the fit. Mostly it's the body. Mostly it's the hair. Uh, like I said, giving us Bangtan beefcake, just like giving us everything. You could give it to him. I feel like when you think about the era, you're also going to really think about him. And uh, bonus points for being sassy to American interviewers and being tired. So you give it to Namjoon as well. And I like, you can literally give it to every single one of them. I don't know how you're going to choose. <sighs> Gosh, who am I going to choose? <laughs> so did we go through everybody? He said, yeah, we said Gungi, JK, Jimin, Tay. Yes, we went through everybody. Jin, of course. I think I'm gonna give it to Jin. For me, this is Jin's era. It's it's Jin's era. Like, I don't like how I entertained the other options, but I think that there's no way that you could not give it to Jin. So I think I would give it to Jin, Jin and Hobie. Jin and Hobie. I feel like it's Jin and Hobie's era. Even though, like, we didn't get as much Hobie in the video when he was on screen and then he ate that fucking butter. Like, you have to reward someone who eats the fucking butter. So in the poll, go ahead and vote and let me know who you think era it was. Technically, it was all of their eras, but we're just, like, having fun and thinking about that. Okay. All right. Let's do questions. And these were questions that were submitted via my Patreon. And let's just go through these and see. 
Okay, the song is super short, 246 to be exact. I think they're leaving room for a feature. If so, who do we think it should be with? Bonus points if they do a remix video. For me, like who I think it might be. So I know that like RM cut down the idea that because, you know, there's like this big rumor going around that they were going to be doing a collab with Justin Bieber. They seem to like kibosh that, but I'm not 100% convinced. Everybody is obsessed with Justin Bieber. Like all idols are obsessed with Justin Bieber and I don't understand it. They just love him. They love him. And I think it's maybe because like his journey models theirs. And I guess he kind of represents freedom because he like, you know, releases songs like Yummy. Like I said, I'm not a Justin Bieber person, but he will always hold a small part of my heart because Sorry is my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs. Like that song is so fucking good. As far as who would I pick for the feature, I would I would tell them to give it to a female rapper. They've already worked with Nicki Minaj and I actually heard a Butter Nicki Minaj remix and it was glorious, perfect. I was like, release it. So I would do one of the rappers. So I would do... Mm -hmm. Doja Cat might have too much drama on her so I think it's definitely got to be Megan it's either got to be Megan or Nikki maybe Cardi so Cardi Nikki I don't know if they will collaborate with Cardi because they collaborated with Blackpink so I think it should be Megan so I think a female rapper or maybe somebody like her or like SZA would be really good Chloe and Hallie would be interesting but I think that if you want to be strategic a black female artist I said it yeah I fucking said it so for me I think that that's the best choice not a Charlie Puth not like one of these like other guys a black woman collaboration like Nicki Minaj but since it's but having it be now with all the attention of them and the Grammy chase okay so the question I got over and over again was about JK sleeve (laughs) I've never gotten so many questions about anything before and I remember I was thinking about this question And I remember just being like, I don't know. And so I asked the Discord and the Patreon sort of like, what's the fascination around his tattoo and like what the conversation is about? And I guess it's like the idea of he's the youngest, tattoos are considered very taboo in Korean culture, it kind of just adds to the mystique and the energy of JK. I think it probably adds to the sort of fanfic of him. And I know personally, (laughs) like I, his tattoos and his journey, I guess. And I was like, why am I feeling like resistance towards this conversation? And like, why am I feeling resistance towards the hype around his sleeve? I think it's a couple things. One thing I think that for if you're not in the JK hive, like I'm not like I love JK, but I'm not like he has a very specific energy around him and the kind of. It's not hysteria. The word hysteria is so sexist, but the the energy around him, I often find really overwhelming. Like I often find it like super intense and I can't imagine what it's like for him because anytime something big happens with JK with his hair or something like that, I have to like I seriously have to log off. People have such complex and intense feelings about JK. And I think about it all the time. And I'm just like, what is it? I mean, obviously he's like young. He's beautiful. He's talented. He's wonderful. I love JK, especially my two days a month. But the energy around him is so specific. And I wonder, and I I think I've said before that it's like, he is kind of a blank slate, it feels. But, you know, all the tattoo comments are about, like I said, how it's 
how it reflects on his growth and all that. And I guess my my official take on it is that it's great. I think it's great that he feels a lot of freedom to showcase that part of him. I think that now that it's super complete and you can't really see a lot of individual tattoos, he's less likely to get copied. I think one of the things that was the most unsettling and made me really uncomfortable, and maybe this is why I, I, I just like find the sleep conversation and the freakouts about it kind of like, oh, was that people were copying the tattoos and stuff like that. And, you know, like my general worry for JK is always the same. So I think it's great. I think it looks good. I think he's cool. Like I said, he's the, he's awesome. Like he's JK, he's that bitch. So the sleeve looks good. I'm glad that he feels comfortable to share it. I think he's sharing it because it's complete enough to where you can't really, you can make out specific tattoos but it seems like it's mostly covered and also it looks like he's blasting out a part of it you can see like between the like elbow dip he's getting shading done there which by the way i'm assuming that jk must have some type of pain kink but you know what it is it's like getting tattoos uh, there's something about it that feels very because a lot of times we're in pain for no reason, right? We're, we just are in pain for no reason. Like shit will happen or there's stuff that's out of our control and it'll make us feel uh, a lot of pain. And you're just like, what the fuck is this for? But the thing about getting tattoos and my experience and why I love tattoos is that like you sit down and you go in with a goal and you have this pain and it hurts but at the end, you get something really dope. And it's like a way for you to control your body. And I'm sure for JK, it's an opportunity for him to be in control of his own narrative and his body and the way he's represented in the world, considering that he has all this energy coming towards him. It seems like he's covering some of the tattoos. It seems like, like I said, there's some blasting, which I'm kind of happy about because I'm not crazy about a lot of them. It's his body. If he loves, if he likes it, I love it. You know what I mean? But yeah, I definitely think that him him exposing it is probably because it's almost done and also he is feeling more comfortable with himself but i think mostly it's because it's done it's like there's it's gonna be harder to whatever i also think that it's a bit of marketing they know what the sleeve means to army one of my friends said this really big brain thing that they thought that it was probably a push because it's another representation of not being beholden to korean like standards around how to do things because you know tattoos are very uh, taboo in Korean culture and so the fact that he's having his arm out and on the shows where a lot of k-pop artists have to cover it shows that they've transcended some of that stuff so I think it's representative in that way and yeah those are my things I hope to not disappoint you everybody's so excited about that sleeve like even on like my FYP page I was like oh my god <laughs> If I see the blurry blackness of JK's arm one more time, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And I love JK. I love that boy. Like I said, I've been talking, like literally I just talked about how I have a crush on him. I think he's amazing, but I just, the energy around him, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Like I think one episode I just really want to break down. Is it, It's because he's the youngest. It's because like there's all these, there's like this thing about him and the type of people he attracts and the energy around him that I find 
endlessly fascinating. I just find it endlessly fascinating. So yes, that is my, so there you guys go. There is me talking about the sleeve. I think it's great. I'm happy for him. He makes me excited. I'm getting a tattoo next weekend. So he's making me excited for that. He's cool. Hope he's doing well. Hope his roster is feeling well fed. And yeah, JK, we're pro JK over here. Okay. What do the numbers mean? So there's a bunch of Twitter feds about the the numbers and butter. And so there's a bunch of different kind of stuff out there. And I think they also talked about it on the live. But let's see. Okay. So from what I saw, it's like for JK, it's the first day he came to Seoul. For Jimin, it's the date of the first concert. For Tay, he just wanted it to be the number one. For for J-Hope, it's a pager code. That means, it, I think it means love or heart. For RM, it was a, a former apartment number. And then for Yoongi and Jin, they were just random numbers. That's what they said on the live, I believe. And Yumi said, yeah, it was random. They asked me for a six-digit number, and I randomly punched it out. (laughs) Okay. So those are the numbers. Next question. JK's eyebrow piercing in the context of his journey as a person. It's fake, but I do think he was testing it out. And I think he's going to get one, maybe at some point. How does the McDonald's deal fit into the overall branding for this? I mean, I think that it, the, the yellow and everything fits very closely to it. I wouldn't doubt that the set, the set where it's like the yellow and the black could be something for McDonald's as well. So I think that that might be for that. I think that they're just probably going to take a variation of butter and make it into the McDonald's theme or have them sing something else. I don't think that they would have them sing a whole complete other song. Like I think they would want to leverage the McDonald's deal to promote butter. So I think that butter is going to be used as promotional leverage for the meal and stuff. Okay. Another question. Why is the rest of my millennial friends listening to the new Olivia Rodrigo today, but passing at BTS is exactly what I said earlier. It's exactly what I said earlier when Because, like, I I told you, like, the strategy of having BTS hit the Western market for fluff doesn't make sense in our current world that we're living in. Because I think that, like, okay, let's, let's talk about this, right? Cardi B can create a song called WAP, right? Because she has that brand equity built in. And she's, she's an American artist and she is a black Afro Latina artist. Right. And so she can do that and it can mean nothing or it could be whatever. And it still get acclaim. And it's like a booty popper and stuff like that, especially because of, but the reason why WAP got especially famous was because of the explicit sex. Like you have to go there, right? Like obviously they're going to get their number one, right? Like they're going to get their number one and it's a great song. But like I said, if I was consulting with BTS, I was like, we need to make stronger choices 
Like we need to make stronger choices. And the thing about Olivia Rodrigo and driver's license and what she did with that record is that it is specific. It's specific. Branding is all about specificity. And the, the big head strategy of abandoning the sort of niche nature of BTS and the niche nature, like the kind of the fact that like BTS has saved people's lives with their songs. Like you have Spring Day, which never leaves the fucking charts. And I guess, I guess, like I said, I guess they try to do that with Life Goes On. But I'm saying for your English release, why not go for what you guys do well and just do it in English. Like, why are we doing this? I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's weird to me. So I think that's why. I think that people are, they, they want bangers and they want ass shakers. But when it comes to like what people are specifically going to listen out for, it's specificity. And while I love butter, it's not specific. Like even they said so, it's not specific. And again, like I said, you can have a WAP that means nothing. You can have a savage that means nothing, but it kind of has like a really strong emotional center and has it's like a conversation starter. Like butter isn't gonna start conversations among anybody but army. You know what I mean? So that's what I think. I'm obsessed with the song. Like I said, I fucking love butter. But as far as as it is a okay, like butter as a piece of strategy, I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll recruit army, but the thing army is di- like and again, this all this all kind of revolves around this idea that you care about this type of thing. I personally don't think that they should care about this type of thing because I'm like a huge believer in niche marketing. And so I believe that BTS can do their thing for the next couple of years and it'd be great. But again, when you're opening boxes and you're kind of like seeking achievements that mean something and you want control in a way that means something more, it's it's got to be slightly different. And so again, I think that they could just do songs like Butter and whatever they want for and be fine. But if they want that other thing, which again, I don't think they even fucking need, like who cares if my mom or my sister care about BTS? Like it doesn't matter. Like they still sell the best. They still do all this stuff, you know? It's it's, it's a kind of a ph- philosophical question. And if I were able to like meet Namjoon, I would ask him. I was like, okay, so like, let's put this into context. What are we even asking for? What do you, what do you, looking for but again it's like that thing happiness about something that has nothing to do with you that you cannot control but yeah i think that's why i think that's why i think that's why are your millennial friends i think that all your gen z friends as well who are not army are also not checking for bts because of this reason and i don't know and again of course this is not hate and i know you guys are like my smart my like, grown-ups army is smart so you understand what i'm saying from a strategy perspective and it has nothing to do with the quality of the song it's just about the strategy around how songs get released so yeah next question do you think that it's better than dynamite i think i said this 100 percent, 100 percent was a song crafted by the devil himself to distract me from productivity absolutely absolutely i think it definitely is it's a good song. It's so catchy. It's so fucking catchy. Okay. Next question. This question, do I think that they're going to win the Grammy with Butter? I addressed this a little bit earlier. Maybe. 
it's really a toss up. It's really a toss up. Like, we don't really know what the Grammys are looking for when they make these decisions. Their decision making process is pretty opaque. So it's hard to be like, this song has these characteristics. I mean, I can say the types of songs that typically win, they always really liked Bruno Mars. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps. I hope they do because I want them to stop chasing this. And I, I think that, again, I don't know if it'll have the impact, but I do think that it will bring a nice close to things around this specific battle or journey. And another question is, do you think that Butter reflects what the rest of the album is going to look like? And what do you think the rest of the songs are going to be? Are we going to get a ratchet track? I don't think we're going to get a ratchet track. I think there. I think that disease is as far as it's going to go. Disease in telepathy, I think, is as far as BTS is going to go. I think they've shut the book on that version of themselves, unfortunately. So I don't think so. I think the album is probably going to be something, like I said, I think mid-tempo-ish, maybe Justin Bieber-esque, Bruno Mars type thing, I believe. And then maybe a lot of feeling songs for Feeling Army. That's what I think. I don't think there's going to be a huge hip-hop component. I would want there to be, but I don't know. You know, it's because the way that they're doing their albums and the way that things are happening and the way that they're approaching their process, it just seems like they're, like I said, turning away from the more personal songs. But maybe not, because I feel like Life Goes On was pretty personal. So I don't know. I'm anxious to hear it. And we'll see what happens in the future. Everything's just up in the air. But like I said, I love Butter. I love Butter. I think it's a a great fucking song. So if all the songs on the album are like Butter, I would be super happy with that. That's cool with me. I like it. What does it say about BTS that this is how they're doing their comeback? I was watching an interview and and RM said out loud that BBMAs is their comeback. Yes. That's what they did with Dynamite the MTV Awards with their comeback. I think it's just them showing that they're like more international artists than they are Korean artists in their minds, at least. Uh, okay, this question. I love how the guys are like, it's a confession song, give it to your crush. As if it's a BTS is hot as hell. You know what? You know it. Let's just enjoy a song. Not really a question, but more observation. I agree. I agree with that. Great. Awesome. I think that's it. I think overall... We've said a lot. How long I've been talking for? Quite a bit. So that's butter. Let's see. Is there anything else? I'm curious to see what they do next. They said that they have an album coming out in June. I'm curious what the sound will be. In the Life Goes On album, Dynamite felt like a little bit of an outlier in that album. And so I wonder how integrated butter will be is my other thing. And I still, even though I like the song, I am really anxious for a Ratchet Army track. I am desperate for it. I am desperate for it. Okay. I think that's it. Oh my God. Ah, Thanks for sticking with me. This was Grown Ass Fandom. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and give it five stars. If you like this five stars if you would like to join the patreon you could do grown ass army 
patreon.com slash grownhouse army if you have any questions or comments or anything for me you can send them at speakerpipe slash grownhouse fandom i am going to be slowly responding to all those i know i have not been putting the audios in the podcast it's just i've been so behind and so i don't have them today but like i listen to them all and i respond to them like i said at the top of the show, I am going to be taking a week off. I hope this really long podcast, so technically it's two podcasts, it keeps you well-fed until I am back either not next week, but the next week or the following week. I promise I will be back just taking a little break. And so I try to give you as much as possible and I'll see you guys soon. Okay, bye.